You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The following program is a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill. Welcome to The Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you're a believer or a skeptic, it's always worth the hunt. My name is Michael O'Neill. I am The Miracle Hunter and creator of the website MiracleHunter.com. I'll be your host for the next hour as we continue our weekly exploration of the world of miracles. Now, I have to be honest, uh, I love visiting Marian shrines. (laughs) It's probably a pretty rare thing for someone in my demographic, a 30-something male, but uh, I always get excited every time I get to check out a new Marian shrine. Um, on past episodes, we've interviewed Father Oscar, Loca- Oscar Lucifer from the Miraculous Metal Shrine in Missouri and Father Peter Stryker from the Our Lady of Good Health Shrine in Champion, Wisconsin. I was lucky enough to be at that shrine broadcasting a program on December 2010 when Bishop David L. Ricken of Green Bay made the historic pronouncement that Our Lady had appeared to a Belgian farm worker named Adele Briss in the year 1859. He gave the approval of that apparition at the Mass there, so that was very special to be there. And for years I've worked with the beautiful Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine in La Crosse, Wisconsin, founded by Cardinal Raymond Burke. And I was blessed to have been there on many occasions uh, when it was first being built, Uh, One of the great honors of my life was to lead the procession carrying the banner of Our Lady of Guadalupe. I was the first one to enter the church on the dedication day in 2007. That was a very special moment for me that I will never, ever forget. And there are many beautiful shrines, Marian shrines, uh, throughout the United States, honoring her under her many titles. And today we'll be talking to Julie Cragen. She's the author of Visiting Mary, her U.S. Shrines and Their Graces, which is a brand-new book that just came out that covers all the major shrines in the United States. Uh, should be very interesting to talk to her about what inspired her and what can be found in that book. And, of course, in just a bit, we'll be asking you a Catholic trivia question, so get your pens and paper ready. Later in the show, we'll be talking about how Our Lady is honored around the world on today, May 20th, in our segment, 365 Days with Mary. More information on this project can be found at 365dayswithmary.com or on Facebook, 365 Days with Mary. Now, today in Miracle News, uh, we have a story that I wouldn't really call a miracle, but it's pretty interesting. Uh, at Limoges, a Limoges statue of the Virgin Mary, uh, dating from the 13th century, has been found during renovations of a small church in the eastern Jutland town of Sobe. Now, archaeologist McKelson from the National Museum and a local craftsman were sifting through the soil under the church floor where they made the find. And, of course, this is in Denmark. The icon would probably uh, would traditionally sit on top of a crucifix, and it was used in a church processional. Um, they have been, there have been Limoges figures found in Denmark before, but likenesses of the Virgin Mary are quite rare, and this is the first of the figures found in Denmark that has a halo. Apparently that's significant. Uh, Limoges 
figurines were produced in the French town of the same name from 1200 to 1225. Uh, Mickelson feared that the figurine would have been damaged by the passage of so many centuries, but a careful and thorough cleaning by the National Museum Conservator Signe Nygaard restored it beyond all expectations. Here's a quote. I can see the colors, the red and the halo, and the beautiful bluegrass nuances in the clothing, Nygaard told the newspaper. It is absolutely fantastic. Nygaard said that it is unbelievable that such a rare figurine was found in such a small church. How the heck did it wind up here? <laughs> was the quote. So that's the uh, story from Miracle News. Um, to keep up to date with the latest in Miracle News, please visit MiracleHunter.com and sign up for our newsletter. You'll receive a monthly email with the latest Miracle Hunter news, including reports on the latest miracles and news stories, links to past radio episode podcasts, update on my television series, Miracle Hunters, now in development, and my book, Hunting for a Miracle, due out in fall 2014, any upcoming speaking engagements, and much, much more. So sign up for the newsletter on MiracleHunter.com by clicking the newsletter link at the bottom of the page. Now it's time for Catholic Pub Trivia. Each week I'll be asking a trivia question. This week, as in past weeks, I'll be giving away a photo mosaic of a piece. It's a piece of artwork entitled The Faces of Mary. It's made up of about 100 images of Our Lady that forms a large, beautiful picture of the Madonna and Child. You can check it out going to the homepage of MiracleHunter.com. And trivia questions are generously provided by Catholic Pub Trivia an organization that partners with Catholic parishes, schools, or religious organizations to host trivia night fundraisers at local establishments. And for more information on Catholic Pub Trivia or to organize an event in your area, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com. And we always try to keep the questions related to the theme of the day's program. Uh, we are talking today about Catholic shrines, Marian shrines. So here's the question. Home to the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, what city is known for having the oldest, oldest parish in the United States? Again, that question is, home to the shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, what city is known as the oldest parish in the United States, to have the oldest parish in the United States? So for more information on Catholic Pub Trivia or to organize an event in your area, please visit catholicpubtrivia.com and we'll reveal the answer later in the show. For those just joining the program, this is Michael O'Neill, and you are listening to the Miracle Hunter radio show. And for more information on this program or my research on miracles, please visit MiracleHunter.com. Each week we do a segment uh, entitled 365 Days with Mary. Now, for each and every day of the year... Somewhere in the world, there's a Marian title, a feast, a commemoration, and it might be of just a title, but it might be for an apparition or a miraculous event that is celebrated throughout the world. It never ceases to amaze me how much the world loves the Mother of God and honors her on each day of the year. Now, I've collected all the dates with their feasts into one resource uh, that's called 365 Days with Mary. Each entry features images, a description, and history of the feast day, along with information on the shrines associated with them, including visitor information and links for those wishing to see those places. I'm sure we'll hear about some of those places uh, in our interview today. The project's available in print in the form of a daily engagement calendar, as well as online at 365dayswithmary.com. 
We're also on Twitter, where you can follow us, or on Facebook if you like us, and you'll automatically receive information each feast day and learn more about Our Lady on that day. Uh, the print version, in the form of a daily organizer, makes a great gift for anyone with a devotion to Our Lady. So we have a caller on the line who thinks they know the trivia answer. Uh, Jim, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you. So, Jim, I'm just going to repeat the question for the audience here. Uh, home to the Shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, what city is known as the oldest parish in the United States? Well, I believe it's uh, St. Augustine, Florida, or St. Saint Augustine, as they say. Yeah, absolutely right. You've got the right answer, and we'll be sending you out an image of the faces of Mary. Where are you calling from today, Jim? I'm, from, uh, I'm calling from Lake Charles, Louisiana. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for listening to the program, and you got the question right, so thanks for, thanks for calling in. Thank you. I appreciate it. And that was Jim with the correct answer to the trivia question, and uh, he answered correctly, what is the home to the Shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, uh, the oldest parish in the United States? And that answer was St. Augustine. It was founded in September 1565 by Spanish Admiral Pedro Menendez de Aviles, and it subsequently served as the capital of Spanish Florida for 200 years. Uh, one thing that's interesting about that shrine of Our Lady of La Leche, many women go to pray who are having difficulty conceiving children, and they have a great number of miracles that have been attributed to Our Lady of La Leche with people uh, later subsequently having children. So uh, it's a very special devotion there, and one of the oldest, of course, in the United States. And uh, so back to 365 Days with Mary... Uh, each, each, each week we talk about a different devotion, and you can visit the site, 365dayswithmary.com, to keep track of what that day's devotion is. Today's devotion is under the title of the Mother of God, uh, Zervikni, Zervikni from Belarus. So Zervikni is in the Grodno region of eastern Belarus, and it belonged to the Grand Duchy of Lithuania when the story began. One night around 1500, some herders noticed a wild pear tree radiating light, whose source was in the branches turned out to be a jasper oval about the size of a child's hand. It was carved in the image of a woman and child, and it had the Slavonic inscription, more honorable than the cherubim and more glorious beyond compare than the seraphim. In virginity, you bore God, the Word, true Mother of God, we magnify you. And the portrait was recognizable as an elusa or tenderness type of icon with the child's cheek against his mother's. And the words as the refrain of the Magnificat in the Orthodox liturgy. Now, these herders took their find to the landlord, uh, Alexander Sultan, and he put it in a chest. But when the object reappeared in the forest, Sultan built a wooden church there. Some 50 years later, the church burned down, unfortunately. And later, some children passing the spot saw a radiant woman holding the stone icon. Uh, when their parents returned there with their priest, she had vanished, but the icon was there on a rock where she had sat. A new church was built of stone, to which many pilgrims flocked from all over Lithuania and Ukraine. In 1558, the shrine became famous for a miracle of resurrection. Doctors had given up on gravely ill Erna, was age 17, and they, <laughs> they asked her to go on pilgrimage as a remedy, a last resort. But when the family arrived at the shrine, the girl was already dead. Her parents decided to bury her there at the shrine. 
Three days later, at the funeral, Irina astonished the mourners by rising from her coffin to kneel before the icon. She became a nun at a convent in Pinsk, where she served as abbess for many, many years. So that's the legend there. In the year 1575, some years later, the Lord of Zervikni established an Orthodox monastery at the shrine. And in the early 1600s, the monastery became under Basilian monks of the new Greek Catholic Rite. A copy of the stone image was brought to Rome, where it is revered as the Madonna del Popolo in the Church of Saints Sergio and Bacchus. In the year 1730, Athanasius Sheptyski, Greek Catholic Metropolitan of Kiev and Galicia, solemnly crowned the Mother of God of Zervikni with a Roman crown blessed by Pope Benedict the Thirteenth. In the 1800s, the monastery returned to orthodoxy. Now, in 1915, the icon was moved to the crypt of St. Basil's Cathedral on Red Square in Moscow. It was smuggled out of the Soviet Union in a shipment of jam, and it returned to the Grodno Diocese in 1938, and it was missing most of its ornaments at that time. It is now in the Church of the Exaltation of the Cross in Holy Dormition Monastery in Zervikny. The Russian and Belarusian Orthodox churches celebrate the Feast of the Mother of God of Zervikny on May 20th or May 7th in the Julian calendar. And that was today's feast, so be sure to visit the project 365 Days with Mary and online at 365dayswithmary.com to find out more about this devotion or any of the other of hundreds of devotions celebrated around the world. Now, coming up next, we will be interviewing an author, Julie Cragen, who wrote the book Visiting Mary for U.S. Shrines and Their Graces, and we'll find out what she has to say about all the various shrines she's visited around the United States. We'll be back in a bit. You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you're listening to is a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill. 
Welcome back to the show. Uh, you are listening to the Miracle Hunter radio show. And for more information on this show, visit www.miraclehunter.com. Today we've got a very special guest joining us on the program today. Today we're talking to author Julie Cragen, who has written the book, Visiting Mary, Her U.S. Shrines and Their Graces. Welcome to the program today, Julie. Thank you. Now, we're very excited to have you on the program today. I, I know your book is uh, hot, hot off the presses. It's a, it's a brand new book, and it's a book about uh, the Marian shrines throughout the United States. And what inspired you to, to put together this book? Well, um, I run the Catholic bookstore here in Nashville, and um, for years people have come in and, you know, shared their um, experiences of traveling to many of the different shrines overseas, um, Lourdes and Fatima and Guadalupe here and um, Medjugorje or wherever they happen to be, and they'll come in and show pictures. And one of the girls in the office had just made the comment that she'd probably never get overseas. And I started thinking, I thought, gosh, I'm sure there's shrines right here, you know, that you could visit mm-hmm. if you wanted to. And um, then my husband and I were headed to Chicago a couple of years ago for business, and we stopped in the Shrine of um, the Passion of Christ uh, in Indiana, in St. John, Indiana, mm-hmm. and visited there. And it it just came about that I started thinking, I started looking up shrines, and, and really there are a lot of Marian shrines in the U.S., a lot of shrines in general, but it's specifically Marian shrines. And um, after spending time at the Shrine of Christ's Passion in front of the wonderful uh, statue of Our Lady of Grace. I just, I don't know, it just came, it just developed. <laughs> so, No, it's wonderful. I think, um, you know, I'm, I, I mentioned earlier in the program how much I love Marian Shrine, so I personally am very excited uh, about your book. And, uh, of course, many of the Marian Shrines in the United States, uh, short of the Our Lady of Good Help Shrine in Wisconsin and maybe some others, are are reflective of shrines uh, that were built in Europe, and this is sort of a, an extension of some of the ones uh, here with, with Our Lady of Lourdes and Our Lady of the Miraculous Metal, Our Lady of the Snows. Can you talk a little bit about uh, that how, that phenomenon of the, the Our Lady having a title that's honored in Europe and that's brought to the United States? Oh, sure, and that's um, that is part of the the way the book developed too. Is that I, I had traveled overseas as well, and many of the um, of the stories are in there of of how the devotion or the shrine came about the the um, appearances of Mary or the devotion to Mary are included in the book as well as the ones here in the U.S. But what we found and and as we traveled too was the great history behind um, the people who brought the shrines over the the people who built the shrines here in the U.S. Some of the older shrines were brought by the immigrants. You know, they wanted their devotion to be here in the U.S., and they wanted other people to uh, uh, enjoy and to love Our Lady like they did. And so they brought the devotions here. Um, The Black Madonna Shrine um, in Eureka, Missouri, is is a great example where one of the priests there built the shrine. He actually died building the shrine, um, the grotto, to Our Lady and you know, it's because he wanted the the Polish, the Our Lady of Czestochowa, to be um, to be here with him while he was since he had moved here to the state. So that's um, and and that is part of the book that whole development of um, 
you know, people bringing the devotion here uh, to the States and, you know, and us receiving the grace that Mary has to give, whether we actually visit the shrine itself or just visit with her, you know, in your own home or in the chapel or, you know, maybe even a grotto there at your church. But um, it's just the graces that she has to give. And, and we're so blessed to have so many of them here in the States that people have brought or, or have built or, you know, where couples have the Guadalupe Shrine in Wisconsin, where just a couple left the property and that, and that shrine developed because of that. So, I mean, it's just there are really beautiful uh, connections to the original to the original appearances and devotions. Yeah, believe it or not, I, uh, I'm friends with the family who donated the land at that Guadalupe Shrine in La Crosse, so that's a, a, very, a very special place for me as, as well there. Um, now, I visited uh, maybe half or three-quarters of the shrines that you, you list in your book. When you wrote the book, did you need to go around and visit all of them, or were these that you had visited already and, and some of your favorites? No, I actually went um, for the last two years, my husband and and myself, or either my children and myself, or whoever would get in the car, actually went and visited the shrines for two years. We visited about 40 of the different shrines, and it originally started to where I thought I would have the idea where if you were on vacation or just happened to be going on business, Mm -hmm. that I would give the idea you could stop and visit these shrines along the way and, you know, receive the riches they have to give. But then, you know, it, I thought, well, well, we need one out west, and we need so, so we kind of intentionally did visit some other ones. But the ones in Florida and things like that, we went while we were on vacation. And, um, and so, yeah, we visited about 40 of the ones, and then there's more listed, but there's 34 actually written about in the book, and then there's, you know, many others listed in the back. That's Thank wonderful. You. It sounds like a, a great time of pilgrimage for you and your husband getting to not only travel to one, but to, to many, many, or to all the ones listed in your book. That it had to be a kind of a special experience to do that. And uh, what did you, what did you uh, experience going from one shrine to the next? Did you uh, did you find that each shrine had a, a special charm to it, or a special um, grace of Mary uh, there, or how how did you uh, how did you sort of go from one don't go to so many shrines and feel that they were different. What what stuck out to you in that in that trip? Right, and um, that is one of the really I feel like special graces. We we never tired of going from one shrine to the next. It was almost like she had a different gift at each different place where we took the time to honor her, and I, it it was. Um, I mean, it was an amazing experience for myself and and my husband and my kids. They would, they even asked this year, where you know, where are we going this summer? The book is written, and where are we going next? So, and there's plenty others to go to, but but we just in in our travels, we found that that Mary wanted us to be at these different places, and whether it was for um, a, someone that we met there, like a story that was told to us, or someone we really felt like Mary brought us to see Christ in another person, or, you know, if it was just for simply um, to find that Eucharistic adoration was going on, or to find that there was a retreat going on, or a conference going on, and, and you know, we were asked to be part of it, or to listen to what was what was happening, or, you know, and 
the the blessing that you receive from these different places it we really because some of the some of the journeys would be like while we were out there we might as well do all you know four of them that we were in Wisconsin we might as well do them all while we're on that track and we kept thinking oh we don't want to get tired of this but we you know we just never did there was something different or some body or some gift that was always that was always different that just it, it's almost I kept thinking it's almost like getting a hole-in-one in golf. It makes you want to go back no matter <laughs> and try again and again and again. It's that special gift, that prize at the end that you get, and it, it makes you hunger for more. And uh, and it surely develops your relationship with Mary going going on pilgrimage to, to pay her a visit at these different shrines. Um, and I think I, you, you mentioned the shrines of Wisconsin, and I'm... I'm uh, located in Chicago here, so I've been able to to visit the the. There's four great shrines there in Wisconsin, and they really have a a different character. And I'm sure you uh, experienced this when you visited the shrines across the United States. Some are very small and simple, and some are grand um, and and well developed. And I, you know, I, I think of the shrine of Our Lady of Good Health. What a very simple shrine that is! It's very small um, and very simple. But when you but when you arrive there, you really have a feeling of peace, and I guess knowing that Our Lady appeared there, that's that's sort of a special bonus. And then, of course, the Guadalupe Shrine in La Crosse is one of the most beautiful, most developed shrines anywhere in the United States. So, um, what what can you tell us about sort of the the range of shrines that you visited? What what struck you on the simpler end of shrines, and what struck you on on sort of the magnificent end of the shrines that you saw? Right, and and. Um the the shrine yes our lady of good help you're right it's it's a very simple shrine and and yet when you when you sit with her there you you really feel um you really feel like you're you're there with her you know in that in that space and that was the same the um the black madonna shrine in in missouri and um it is a very a simpler grotto i mean it's it's an outdoor grotto and it's it's a simpler grotto you know and then we go to to Lewiston, New York, where I couldn't believe the amounts of statues and and everything up there with Our Lady of Fatima, and and just right down the street in Lackawanna is that huge Our Lady of Victory, which is you really you drive up and you think what is this humongous what is this huge basilica doing you know in in this uh, in this town, but. You know whether it was in, in you know of course the national shrine in in Washington is is something else to behold. You could spend days, literally days, in there, and sure. yet at each individual chapel, you almost you almost feel like you're in a different country. I mean, it, because of the way you know the different places that are represented there. Um, and people ask me, was there one shrine that you liked the best? Was there one? You know, from the smallest shrines to the largest shrines, there was. It was just a, a, it was there was a different feel in each one. There was a different gift, no matter how large or, or how small. But but it is from one. You're right. It is from one extreme to the other, um, with the shrines here in the United States. And you know, even even traveling cross country, we went to Santa Fe, and then we went you know out to California, and um, I drove with just two of my daughters um, doing that. And it was really from one small that the tiny Guadalupe shrine. Um, in Santa Fe, and then um, you know, out to California, and and really Santa Clara. The it was a small Our Lady of Peace shrine, but the the Mary built there is you know thirty three. 
feet tall. I mean, it's huge. It's the biggest <laughs> Mary I've ever seen, and, and there's a couple of them here in the states that we happen to see. But um, you know, it didn't. It just didn't matter what the size was. There was different uh, gifts that each wanted, and that was the joy of the journey too. And that's what I, I hope that other people will get is that is that um, you know joy of seeing whether it's the smallest shrine that you just happen to be passing through the city, or whether you go to the you know to the national shrine or or like you say, Guadalupe, which is absolutely amazing shrine, and um, we we even stopped in at the uh, Schoenstatt Shrine in Waukesha, Wisconsin, and and it's a small little shrine, but what a powerful punch it has to give! I mean, it's really a um, an amazing visit. We sat and talked to the sisters there, and just a wonderful place with their retreat house and everything. Absolutely. I, I know each of these shrines must offer something unique and special uh, for visitors to go see. And um, now t- tell us a little bit about the, the method to uh, your, your project here. Did you uh, come up with a list of the most popular shrines, or did you come up with a list of devotions that personally appeal to you? How did you end up uh, mapping out all these different shrines and traveling to them? What, what was the, the method in choosing the ones that you did? Sure. I actually was trying my best just to do one um, devotion or shrine so that I wouldn't have, you know, in the inside some of these larger shrines, there are other shrines, you know, like there's, you know, many, many Lady of Lourdes shrines. I mean, right. many. <laughs> and, uh, and and Guadalupe shrines within some of these shrines, as she, as she probably knows. I mean, like Our Lady of the Snows has a huge um Grotto for Lourdes and and uh, a beautiful shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe, but but I was trying to do one of each. But you know, there were a couple of places where in um, in Texas when we were at San Antonio, we were not going to um, the shrine of Lourdes and and Guadalupe there because I had already we had already been to a large you know Guadalupe and Lourdes shrine mm-hmm. and I was reading scripture reading while my daughter was getting ready one more the one of the mornings we were there and the little card fell out of my book from mm. that that had that address on it and she just looked at me and we looked at each other and we went okay we're going to this shrine <laughs> you know we're go- okay we're going and um we, you know when we arrived there they had Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration going on, and you know we met this. Anyway, it's in the book, but we met this this man and had this encounter. And I mean, it was just you know I, we just really felt like she brought us there. So some of the journeys were intentional, some of them were, as you say, well mapped out, and then others we kind of fell into because we were headed in that direction and we felt pulled that way. Sure. So um, it kind of kind of led all over the United States from one end to the other, but you know, like I said, each one there was a, a cause and a reason, either for myself or or for my children or or for both. You know, uh, myself, my husband, and my kids. So um, uh, that that's wonderful. I think doing it in that sort of organic way of just feeling where the spirit leads you in a, in a certain sense is uh, is a great way to do it. And um, now I know that uh, for me personally, I have a, a great interest in miracles, and people who visit shrines are often uh, going to pray for a, a cure uh, or praying for a loved one or whatever it may be in, in search of a miracle as sort of the goal of their pilgrimage. Did you find any of these shrines to have sort of a, a miraculous story or a background that you found particularly interesting? 
Um, I tell you, the um, the shrine, in, I mean, the, the basilica in Orlando, where we were, I mean, I'm not Orlando, I'm sorry, the La Leche Shrine in St. Augustine, Florida. I've been to so many, I don't know where I am. But um, the sister there shared with us many, many stories. I mean, we could have sat all day and listened to her stories of people who have gone to that La Leche Shrine for the reason that they found out they could not have children, and, mm-hmm. and they've gone to that shrine and um, and asked and prayed at the shrine. And she said, you know, not all. Some some get the answer that, that yeah, you're right, you're not going to have children, but there's other things. You know, it's the peace that they feel after they leave there. But she said, she told us story after story of many people who have come back with the children that, that they've had after they've left there and, um, you know, and shared with her. They've come back in Thanksgiving is is the reason why they've come back and, and they've had their kids with them. And, and sister said just the, just the joy of seeing that over and over through the, through the years has been like, she's, I mean, it's, it's miraculous. They, they've been told they can't have children and they go there and they spend time, you know, with our lady and they truly believe that, that she has given them, um, given them the children that they have um, or, you know, or led them to, uh, the, the miracle of, of being able to have children. So um, that sticks out in my mind because she she was just connected with so many of the people there for, for being there for so many years. Um, I'm sure, I mean, I can't think of anything else right off, but mm-hmm. um, some of it, you know, some of the little things that happen to us, sometimes you think, you look at each other and you go, did that really just happen? Did You know, is this really where we are? And and uh, because I really feel like she wants she wants us to visit her. She wants us to receive the graces. She wants us to experience the miracles, and and um, and she leads us to them. So, but anyway, that La Leche Shrine was just I really felt you feel like things are going on. You know, well, a lot of sure. people feel like things are going on, but that one, you know, when when Sister sits and tells you the stories, you're like, wow, right here in this spot. So. Um, yeah, I've heard, I've heard many of those stories as well, so it's really clearly a very special place. And for those just joining the program, you're listening to the Miracle Hunter radio show. We're talking with Julie Cragen, author of Visiting Mary, Her U.S. Shrines and Their Graces, and uh, we're, we're hearing about all the shrines in the United States. And um, one thing that I think uh, people who buy the book, they, they'll, they'll find this out, and um there's all there's all these big name shrines throughout the United States, the uh, the Basilica in Washington D.C., and we mentioned the Guadalupe Shrine and some of these other large uh, national shrines under a given title. Can you give us uh, one or two sort of shrines that really caught you off guard that maybe you had not heard of or that are not well known that when you got there you were really amazed uh, by something at that shrine? Are, are there any that that stick out to you in that in that regard that surprised you? Um, you know, I had heard a, a lot, quite a lot, actually, about the Basilica of Our Lady of San Juan, and that's, that was really through business. Like the buyers from for that shrine gift shop, we would see them at, at some of our places where we were buying, and, and we would talk with them and everything, and I'd never thought even really about going that far down, not, not really thinking that I ever really would, but this um, kind of made us go visit that shrine, and honestly, 
um, I was with just one of one of my daughters and myself, and and we actually stayed at the shrine on on the shrine property and uh, stayed the weekend the night there. And um, really, the it, it was it was almost overwhelming the mm-hmm. uh, faith of the people and the willingness for them to share the faith, not just with their kids and their families, but with all the families when. We got there for Mass, and they had, you know, I want to say they had seven Masses on Sunday and and two or three Masses on Saturday, and this mariachi band played for every single Mass. They stayed there and played for every single Mass, and every every Mass was packed. I mean, it was just, and and one of the ladies there from a bus tour, there was a bus tour there, and and one of the ladies said, you know, my parents used to bring me. We used to walk. We we lived here, and we used to walk here, you know, every every week. And that's just the impression they made on me. And now I come on pilgrimage. She was from Houston or something, so she was from had ridden the bus in. But she said, now I come on, you know, pilgrimage once or twice a year, and and I bring my family, and we're just passing it down from family to family. That that couple of days there was. I mean, it was an overwhelming experience. I had no idea. It kind of hit me, you know, blindside. I didn't know what to expect. A lot of them we went with no expectations. I tried not to read about the shrine, Mm. know much about it, except to get an address, because I didn't want any uh, expectations, you know, from something else that somebody else had written. And we went, and we went many times with no hotel rooms. My kids can tell you great stories about us not being able to find hotel rooms. But one night we had to sleep in the car. But, um, (laughs) but yeah, I know it. It's, it's, uh, pretty, it was pretty crazy. But we, we tried to go, you know, in full faith and full understanding that whatever, you know, whatever we happened upon was, was real and, and faithful and true to what, what Mary wanted to give us at the time. And, um, and that, that was really that's one shrine that hit us kind of like wow, <laughs> it was an amazing experience. So, um, but there's there's others. I mean, the you know, like I was saying, that um, shrine of Our Lady of Victory in in Lackawanna was like you wonder what that huge shrine's doing there, and and all the work that they're doing to um, for this Father Baker who started it, who built the shrine and and built the orphanage and the and the um, I think an elderly home, and I think there's a hospital, and I mean he he just did an amazing uh, thing in that place, and they're you know I think he's they're trying to get him um, canon or working for his canonization, and and when you go to visit that, it's it's another like wow experience that just mm. takes your breath away. But not only that, but there's Our Lady of Chestahova in in Doylestown, and and the people who run that shrine, you know they're they're all Polish. I mean, when you speak to him, the guy, the first man we met, he could barely speak any English. And all he wanted to get us to do was to get to that church. He kept saying, lady, lady, the church, make sure you go to the church. And of course, mm. you know, when you enter there, you go upstairs and it was beautiful. We had lots of pictures, on it, but downstairs, you know, 24-hour Eucharistic adoration. And, and that's what he just did not want us to miss, that, you know, lady Christ is right here and and. Don't miss the, the opportunity that he's, you know, he's right here um, in our presence. And so things like that were just, even from my youngest 12-year-old, you know, to the 25-year-old, they all, it was all those, they'd go, wow, 
you know, I cannot believe this happened again, you know, in a different mm. way or a different fashion. That's, that's beautiful. Um, uh, it, it's great that your family got to, to go and experience that whole, ex- the, those trips with you. I think that made it probably extra special for you. And um, I just want to ask you about one shrine. Uh, I was looking at the list of shrines that you have in your, your book, and I visited many of them already. And um, the Our Lady of Prompt Sucker in New Orleans, um, that is, I believe, the first uh, first statue in the United States that's been canoni- canonically crowned. Um, and I was just wondering, can you, can you describe a little? I've never been to that shrine, and it's one... Uh, near the top of my list, I've never been to New Orleans before, and I want to go at some point, and I want to go to that shrine. What can you tell? What can you tell me a little bit about that shrine there? Um, well, I will say we. It was just my husband and I, and we went down. Um, uh, it was around. I mean, it was around Christmas time, and um, we. I was actually doing a book signing in New Orleans, so we said, hmm. "Oh, you know what? We're going to the. We'll just go to the shrine of." Prompt Sucker while I'm down there. And of course, I, we enter and I kept saying Prompt Secour because I thought it was this beautiful, you know, like beautiful name. And, and the sister said, it's Prompt Sucker down here. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> okay, I get it. But um, that, uh, again, we, we went for mass to, to that. And um, the sister out front was telling us she was very excited. I told her, you know, we, what we were there for. And actually, one of the women who was on the board for Our Lady of Prompt Tucker was in our store in Nashville and said, oh, you know, if you ever get to New Orleans, make sure and visit, you know, Our Lady mm. House. And so it just happened that, that we were there, and uh, she told us the sister asked for it. But sister was telling us a story about one of the school children ha- being in there and kneeling and, and praying um, in, the, in the church before the statue, and a vision of Christ's head had come up on one of the posts. And she had a holy card and everything, you know, with the picture on it and, mm-hmm. and telling us about it. And she said, you know, this, this child was really distraught coming. I mean, the school is attached and everything. And, and she was sitting in there praying and, and, um, and this had, and when she showed us the picture, we were like, wow, well, we see Christ in that picture. And she said, uh-huh. yeah, that's exactly, you know, we, we firmly believe that, that Christ um, you know, came before this child when she was in in need and distress. But um, the story behind, you know, Our Lady of uh, Prompt Sucker is is such a beautiful story, and and really, even um, you know about the belief of the of the soldiers and and those who were in battle when when they were praying, um, you know, to save the city. And and, and yeah, would you would you mind sharing that story a little bit with the well, listeners? Well, I can share a little bit of it, but sure. you know, my mind is not oh, that's not okay. great. Sure. But they well, that's okay because they were they were having mass. There was a. Um, I guess the British soldiers were coming over to to take over New Orleans, and um, the the soldiers were well outnumbered, well outnumbered, and they were hiding in these little um, you know places um, dug out in the ground that they had that they had built, and the they were mass was going on at the church in our in Our Lady of Prompt Sucker Church, and um, they said that a fog completely covered them, so so they could not be seen and. When when the army got when the British army came close enough, you know they were able to take them all out and and save the city and and the whole nine yards and the people came to the church and um, you know and told them that that all was well and, it, and they the town the place would be saved. But anyway, the story is better written in the book because I, I've said so many. I mean, I've read so much stuff. I can't remember everything, but sure. um, but the 
the faith there, and even the you know they've got the small statue of um, the little sweetheart statue still there, the the original small statue that the sister brought over from France, and I mean the whole history behind behind Our Lady of uh, Prop Sucker is is just a beautiful story, and of course the church is I mean the basilica I mean, it's just amazing. It's um it's beautiful. It's worth the it's worth the whole visit to I mean New Orleans is fun, you know, but really when you go and, and make it into a pilgrimage like that it makes your whole weekend worth uh worthwhile. And the sisters took time with us and, and told us the story and everything. Um but um it was it was a great visit for us. Absolutely. And uh we're talking today with Julie Cragen, author of Visiting Mary, her US Shrines and Their Graces. Uh, now, Julie, um, I know uh, from doing a little research that you also are a blogger. Is that correct? Uh, I do blog once a week. So I just, um, you know, just a, a little bit. But I have been able to share a lot of the pictures and everything. I've taken a lot of pictures at these shrines. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's been really nice that I was already blogging because that way I can I can share a lot of the, the pictures um, at the shrine, which is nice. And it's just Julie Craig and dot blogspot dot com and and um if people who are interested can see some of the pictures and it might make them hunger to go visit themselves. <laughs> so Sure. So that that sort of goes hand in hand with the book then. If you read the book you can go to the blog and then see all the photos uh, that relate to these shrines. Right, right, right. And that's what I was trying to um to accomplish with that. And and I'm still doing it. I do a little bit, you know, each week just a different shrine um and and share the, some of the pictures and everything there. Um, Absolutely, and and you've written a few other books. It seems uh, saints' biographies and illustrated book of Mary, the saints, and Jesus. Is that correct? Right, and those are um, of course available at any of the Catholic bookstores and um, online as well. But um, those are I do the history and devotions for those books, and then the Holy Card Company actually has the pictures. They're all colored books. They're beautiful. Mm. Books, you know, uh, full color books, and the prayers from the old traditional, you know, vanilla line of Italian holy cards. So those are those are beautiful uh, little books. And then I'd done a, a small mother's prayer book um, with Ave Maria Press, and um, a 365 day meditation on the words of Christ um, with our Sunday visitor called Jesus at My Side. So, Wonderful. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a great journey. I've been very fortunate uh, in in all respects. Well, and thank you for putting together this book. I know I personally have a great love for Marian shrines, and I'm sure many of our listeners do as well. And uh, tell us one more time, where can we find the book if we're looking to get a hold of it? Um, you can find the book, of course, at any of your local Catholic bookstores. Being a Catholic bookstore, I always like to push that. So any of your local Catholic bookstores. It is also online at our website, which is stmarysbookstore.com, com, and um, on Franciscan Media's website. And uh, as well, the book is published by Franciscan Media and Servant Publications and um, Amazon. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us today, Julie. This was really an insightful look at all the Marian Shrines of the United States, and uh, people will will be buying your book, I'm sure, to read up and to visit these places as well. So thank you for sharing your journey with us. I hope so. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you. You too. And that was author Julie Cragen, the author of the book Visiting Mary, 
her U.S. shrines and their graces. And that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank our, ja- our guest today, Julie Cragen, and for joining us on the show. And speaking of shrines, this week I'll be traveling to La Crosse, Wisconsin, to the Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine uh, for the Mariological Society of America's National Conference there. I always love visiting that beautiful shrine. And be sure to visit MiracleHunter.com as your resource for miracles, and keep up to date with how Our Lady is honored around the world at 365 Days with Mary. Thank you for joining me today on Miracle Hunter, where it doesn't matter if you are a believer or a skeptic, it's always worth the hunt. You're tuned to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. The program you just heard was a rebroadcast of Miracle Hunter with Michael O'Neill.